welcome to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his pal, Dave Damashek. All right, welcome to the Extra Points Podcast, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you with his dear, dear friend, Dave Damashek. Here we are Friday, the Friday before Valentine's Day. Dave, are you doing it up right? What, what's going, what goes on with you on Valentine's Day? Well, um, philosophically, I, I, maybe we've never talked about this, but I am opposed to Valentine's <laughs> Day. I'm, I'm opposed to institutionalized requirement to be romantic. It's the antithesis of romance. Ooh. It gives everybody else a chance to play catch up for the uh, for the true Lotharios out there who understand that any time is a good time. It- to uh, to treat your beloved the right. If they way. put a poll up as uh, who's uh, men or women who's opposed to Valentine's Day, they take a stand. It would have to be like ninety seven percent men and right three percent. I mean, maybe women are too, but uh, I I find overwhelmingly men are like ah because they don't want to go out and get a car. I, I do it upright. I'm gonna shame you here. I send to my sister's flowers. I send the, uh, the my wife's old lady flowers. I send to my wife and my mother and um. And it's one of those things I did it like 15 years ago. And then once you do it once, you can't stop. Right. Well, you already have Mother's Day, though. Now, I know, I know. all your female relatives aren't mothers, but that's the day you honor them in that regard. As I far guess as I, you this do is- you. But here's the problem with uh, with mother with uh, Mother's Day, with Valentine's Day. It's among it's not the worst holiday. Of course, the worst holiday is Labor Day, a holiday that celebrates the uh, celebrates work. AKA the man. I'm not going to be party to that. But mm. Valentine's Day is this supposed day to celebrate uh, the coupling, your soulmate, and all of that, except that it only celebrates the woman. How come I don't get a gift? Why don't I get anything? I think Valentine's you're supposed day? to. The, the you assumption get- that you, I have to get flowers and chocolates and such, but I don't get anything in return. You get something in return for Valentine's Day? You get like a free massage uh, coupon. We discussed this at length on. Uh- on uh, what's the name of that podcast, Joel Solomon? <laughs> I can't we, we call it Laugh Lines. <laughs> this is why I have to take off on Laugh Lines with Rachel Benetta and Wait Josiah a second, Johnson. Rachel Benetta gives you a massage coupon? No, that no, seems stop inappropriate. It. Stop it. No, no, no. Nothing like that. No, we went over the worst choices for gifts, and massage oh. coupon was one. Uh, flowers cut from your own or someone else's garden, I, I leaned on as the worst and the laziest. I mean, you need a pair of scissors to get that done. And it's over in uh, hmm. three minutes. And okay. what were some of the other? Cho- oh, oh, uh, pharmacy chocolate, which I kind of just like the phrasing of pharmacy chocolate. Seems like yeah, a I saw you movie. talking about pharmacy chocolate. No, break the bank, go the extra mile, go to C's candy or a high end chocolate here. He's enjoying candies. nothing less. Yeah. Well, 2020's uh, Shecky Award winner for best treat is the dark chocolate C's candies filled with caramels, nuts, yeah. and whatever else you can dream of. That's the that's the direction you want to go in. Pretty good stuff. Um, you just you yeah. just take the just take the caramel out and put coconut in, and you're that's it. Okay. That's okay. where you win. Hey, enough of this talk. We have Ryan Jensen. We have a Super Bowl champ. He's going to be calling in. He's going to be zooming in in a few minutes, Dave. Ooh. The center Ooh la la. Ooh of the la Tampa la. Bay Buccaneers, right? Yes. Uh, just uh, a hair that a 18 year old would covet. What do what you go? Right. The 18 year old man would covet. He's got it all going on right now. Six, four, three, 15 Super Bowl champ snaps the ball to Tom Brady, who was the MVP. Very excited to have him on. A lot of center news in pro football today. A lot of guy, a lot of interior lineman news. J.J. Watt wants a mo- or is released now. He's out there. 
Marquise yeah. Pouncey retires. Mike Pouncey retires. And uh, like you say, we have a Super Bowl champion. Let's discuss this uh, J.J. Watt thing. Flat out released by the Houston Texans. Now, um, I don't know why other than the, that the, the Houston Texans seem to have lost all business sense that they didn't try to get a third or fourth rounder for J.J. Watt. Um, Rappaport says that they just tried to do the right thing by him. So they, they've just abandoned all business. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, just go. I know we can get assets for you, but go. Um, which makes me think to Sean Watson, this is just a dance at this point. He can't, he's, can't stick around, right? He can't stick around. And they can't think that he's going to stick around, right? No, I, but also I think it's going to be vexing to the Texans fan out there because, um, of course, the two situations are completely different. One guy is a tenured veteran in his mm-hmm. last year of a contract and everything else, whereas Deshaun Watson, it's the front end of his prime and all that and just signed his deal. But yeah, Texans fans are going to be miffed by the fact that they let J.J. Watt go for nothing, and yet they're going to hold on to Deshaun Watson, I think, like we've been talking about it, they're going to convince themselves. We got to keep, we got to keep Deshaun Watson. We can't let him go. This will be, this is a bridge too far, except he's going to go anyway. And they right. need to come to grips with the fact that he's leaving. And Deshaun Watson isn't in July going to be like, all right. I mean, I, what their gamble is, it seems is that maybe we'll get things into such a place that Deshaun will realize, okay, now we're heading in the right direction and I should stick around here and make a go of it but they're going to hold on to him potentially for too long because if you call yeah. the Jets or Dolphins right now, you could get, I mean, if you call the Jets, you could get, if you wanted Sam Darnold, I don't think they want him, but they want the second pick. They could get a gaggle of picks from the Jets. I don't know, come draft or if they wait until the draft or even after the draft or into the summer, all these other organizations are going to kind of move on of with their assumptions about their team and they're not going to get the haul in return yeah. that so they you're, want. You're, you're betting on the next six weeks, right? Because from yes. uh, May to August doesn't matter, right? That That's just, uh, that's diminishing returns in, in terms of uh, Deshaun Watson wanting to stay. So uh, don't worry. Once we keep him past May, it's like, no, no, no. Then then you're, then you're all in, right? You're, then you really don't think he's going to, sit out and do all the things that we've uh, come to love that the NBA does. Some of the players would do. I think he's leaving. I think they have to try to get something for him. It's funny with these sports arguments. A lot of people just take, look at the one side of it. Like on Fox bet live as will the Patriots go after Deshaun Watson? Should they go after Deshaun Watson? You got Clay Travis and Todd, Todd Furman. Like, Oh, absolutely. They should look at this. They had 12 touchdown passes as a team. This is like, Hold on a second. He's not going to want to go there. He doesn't want to go to New England. He's the one who has the no trade clause. He's the one who's grown up in Georgia, played his college days in Carolina, and then went to Houston. He's a warm weather guy. He doesn't want to saddle up next to the uh, old curmudgeon um, Bill Belichick, right? It's a two-way street wait. with all this. I, this we, we've been talking about this for six months or maybe six years, um, definitely the last six weeks. I mean, now... The the bloom, I mean, well, now the, the rose is awfully old there in Bill Belichick. But I mean, has this now, the celebration out in the sea with Tom Brady, drunk and everything else, throwing the Lombardi around and all mm. that kind of stuff. Has this further laid bare the fact that it's just no fun to play in New England? We've heard those hints coming out, I of, think so. out of there that it's just not as much fun. And the 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 rationalization from players from the Patriots has been over the last 20 years, like, Hey, you know, what's fun winning. That's what's fun. Like, yeah, all right. I know that's a little bit hard though for my taste. 
Well, we have Ryan Jensen uh, now in the waiting room, so I want to bring oh, we him do. in. Yes, we do. I, he, he jumped on early. I like that. He wants to talk about all this stuff with us. Classy. Let's, uh, He's got to get back out on the boat. Tom's waiting. All right, here he is. Last Sunday, our guest won a Super Bowl, and with all due respect to Tom Brady, nothing happens until this man snaps the ball to him. The center from your world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ryan Jensen. What's happening, Ryan? Not too much. Just enjoying this week and, and having a good time celebrating. You really did look like you were having a good time. That was, um, I, I, I want to talk about it later with Dave, but that was the celebration of all celebrations for a championship mm. team. Do you feel like, um, you feel, you seem a little rested, but maybe there's a second wave of exhaustion that's about to set in? Yeah, I think, I think it, uh, Tuesday it hit me. And then after the, after the parade on Wednesday, uh, you know, I came home and, and laid down on the couch and, and fell asleep for about 12 hours. So yeah, uh, it's been a, it's been a crazy week. Yeah, well, muzzle tough to you, obviously, first of all. But listen, I I, I don't want to jump into the hot taking right out of the gate. But let's talk about, though, what we saw on the boat on Wednesday, your hero, guide you to victory and everything else. And I mean, does Tom, does Gronk, does anybody mention, wow, this is way more fun to do it with B.A. than it was with Bill Belichick? <laughs> and you you look at the the over the the shot over Tampa uh, where the parade was at, and you saw probably a thousand boats in this parade, and it was it was just awesome. Um, you know, I think I think Gronk and, and Tom had probably the time of their life. I know I know I did. Um, it was unreal just to see the the support from uh, the city of Tampa and, and everybody out there. That's when I had my holy holy crap, we actually won the Super Bowl moment. You know, after the game it really hadn't set in yet, but when we're out on that boat and, you know, going through Tampa and you just see thousands and thousands of people lying in the line on the street, that's re really when it set in for me. I, I was going to ask you there, what was the moment that it set in? So there are probably like four moments, right? So there's uh there's when you, when you snap it and then Tom takes the kneel down and you're actually one, the clock expires. And by the way, you should have turned right around and grabbed that ball. You could sell it on eBay for, you know, <laughs> 90, hundred bucks. But anyway, that's uh, neither here nor there. There's that. There's when you climb into the over the barrier to see your family and there's a great clip online. You, you hug your mom, right? There's that moment. There's lifting the Lombardi trophy. And then there's the moment you just mentioned, the parade. Like, I, I'm not asking you to rank them one through four, but it must just, uh, it's crazy that the pinnacle, you don't have moments like that in your life. And then you have four moments like that within 24 hours. I, I can't even imagine what it's like. Yeah, it's it's wild. Just the, uh, the range of emotion, um, you know, about, Halfway through the third quarter, uh, start of the fourth quarter, you know, we we thought we had it in the bag. And, you know, so the emotion starts building a little bit like we did it. Like, you know, we just got to finish this game out. Then you get about five minutes left and we're still up by whatever it was, 23 points or whatever. Yeah. And it's like it's it's over. Like the emotion kind of gotten taken out of the game that that, you know, it didn't come down to the last play emotion. So mm. uh, that kind of got taken out and then obviously snapped the ball rip a knee game over you know confetti's flying there's a moment right there she's like this is this is awesome and all i all i could think about was i need to hug my mom like you yeah know, my, my mom and my dad they did everything for me as a kid uh they made sure i had everything that i ever needed and you know i, I didn't care if they weren't going to be allowed on the field i was, I was going to be able to get them and and, and give them a hug because uh you know they they mean the world to me well, that's the right way to do it. I've tried over the years to counsel guys about to get drafted. Don't at the draft, at the big round table. Don't hug your agent before you hug your mom. That's, <laughs> right. That seems pretty basic stuff. 
Um, yeah, it, it, it was awesome stuff. Uh, obviously that you, you ran up into the stands, but what about, um, you know, I, I get the idea that this is one of those Super Bowl titles that Tom Brady is getting a lion's share of the shine. It's kind of like when the Ravens won and Ray Lewis was uh, like, hey, Ray Lewis. Yeah, everybody else won too. But what a, what is it that Tom Brady, as best you can articulate, what does he bring to the locker room? I mean, he's a 43-year-old man who doesn't <laughs> run in, in a pro football world where all we well, got to be able to run the ball. You got to be able to burn the defense with your legs and all that. Yeah, you're around Jameis, you're around Fitzmagic and all the. What is it that Tom Brady brings into the locker room that imbues all of you guys with this thing that like, yeah, you just beat Mahomes and Rodgers and Breeze and everybody else? It's just this this winning mentality. You know, he's been doing it for so long that he, he knows what he's doing and it's contagious, um, just the work ethic and, and what he brings to the team. Uh, it, it's just crazy. Um, you, you don't know what it is, but, you know, great leaders – you know, they don't have to try to be leaders. And that's just kind of what he does. He's just in and people follow him. So I feel like that and, you know, him being who he is and, and getting the ball out on time and, and just putting the ball where it needs to be. It's it's amazing. Again, a, a guy of his age who still has the arm strength that he does and, uh, you know, the decision making, it's, it's, it's huge. And it's, it's uplifting for the, you know, the entire, uh, you know, offense, defense, the whole, the whole team in, in, uh, in reality. It's unbelievable, and I think a lot of it probably comes down to trust, as, as you just mentioned. But I would, you know, I, I have a theory, and you let me know. I hate to bring up the negative, but you did have a bad snap in there. But I'm going to come <laughs> to your defense. I think it was purposeful. I think you felt bad for the Chiefs. You're like, this is terrible. We're losing mm. ratings for the NFL. I'm going to try to bring, uh, you know, make things closer. You ended up kicking. It just ended up being a longer field goal attempt. But is that the case? You felt bad for the Chiefs <laughs> and purposely oversnapped it? Yeah, no, I don't know if I felt bad for the Chiefs. I thought it'd just be funny to to watch Tom try to corral that ball like he's trying to corral a chicken, you know. So you know, it brought a good laugh and uh, and all that. But no, nah, just a little little high heat and uh, you know, just kind of a bad snap. But you know, it was kind of funny watching him trying to pick that thing up. You, uh, I'm sorry, you wore that shirt. I mean, you we, you got in on the fun early in the day. You wore the shirt of Tom Brady, a famous picture of him at the combine. Um, you know, not the most impressive physique. And uh, was that your idea or when did you know you were going to wear that? How did Tom, what did, how did he take it when he saw that? Honestly, I didn't know when I was going to wear it. it. About two weeks ago, it just showed up in my locker at, at work. <laughs> and I don't know who sent it to me. There was no like return label or anything. And I wore it out to a, a walkthrough, uh, I think before the Saints game or maybe before the Green Bay game. And just like, just joking around wearing it before that. And then uh, everybody's like, you should wear that under a suit coat walking into the walking into the Super Bowl. I'm like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to do it. And then the night before the game, when I was packing up, before we went to the hotel, I'm like, ah, screw it. Let's do it. And uh, it, it was a good time. Uh, you know, Tom Tom laughed about it. And obviously, uh, everybody, everybody enjoyed it. Yeah. Who did you, in the huddle, after the play, after the game, or whenever, who did you put the missed touchdown pass on? The, the O-lineman <laughs> or Tom? Did you say, like, mm -hmm. Tom, you should have put a little more mustard on that. You didn't give him a chance. So, so Joe, you know, obviously going to give him a bunch of a bunch of hell for for dropping a, a touchdown, you know, big guy touchdown in uh, in the <laughs> Super Bowl. But you know, talking to Joe about it, he was he was so nervous about catching the ball and then then tucking it so fast that he knocked it at his own hands. So he's like, oh, I'm just going to catch it with my hands. And I'm just going to hold it there. 
And <laughs> you know, now now looking back on it, he should have tucked it real quick because uh, I think it was that's right. That's minutes. what he didn't do. Thank you for critiquing his effort there. <laughs> he did. He Lee Evans did in the uh, Ravens Patriots game from whatever that one was. He he was getting ready to showboat. That's he lost. He lost his focus. <laughs> he he did one of these like he was getting ready to show it to the crowd. Look what I did. And then it got swiped away. Mistake. Yeah, he was about part. to he was about to he was about to raise that thing up like Simba and the Lion King. You know. <laughs> yes. And, uh, he he felt he felt so bad, but uh, you know it's it's all all fun now. And uh, you know he's he's never gonna live that one down. That's for sure. Ryan, I'm looking at you, and you have the cha- uh, you have a championship uh, belt in the background. And um, oh, yeah. Yeah, what what is that exactly? Is it which one? It's a uh, salute oh, to service nice. uh, nominee uh, award. Uh, every year, the NFL does that for like the award ceremony, and uh, this year I was the salute uh, to service nominee again. And uh, this year, the team got us a, got us a cool belt. Oh. It's uh, just you know hangs up there on the on the jersey and. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty dope. No, I don't want you to take it down. I was thinking, and you mentioned your parents earlier. Your father was and is a martial arts instructor, and he taught you and your brother. Like, so you guys have some skills. You're six four, three fifteen, Dave. I'm thinking this guy, it's Ryan Jensen, maybe the <laughs> toughest in the league. If there's a battle royal, like who takes you out? Nobody, right? Who would you say is yeah. the toughest? Tong Po, you know, like <laughs> dipping his hands in glass in glasses about all. I- you know martial arts on top yeah. of being a three hundred pound six four man. That's unfair. Hand to hand combat. Who who beats Ryan Jensen? Nobody. I say. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think it's it'd be it'd be a good fight. Uh, I think the one guy I wouldn't want to fight is uh, is Vita. Uh, that man is too big. Yeah, right? it it's doesn't true. make sense. Vita Vang, you don't yeah. have to. He that guy is just bigger than other human beings. He's just pre But then again, Indomitian Sue might kick you. And that's, yeah, that's something true. you have to worry about. He's <laughs> well, known for doing that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think I'd want to fight Sue. Me and him are kind of psycho together. So that might be uh, that might get ugly. Speaking of psychos, our friend Dave is a psycho, and I know he's wondering. He sees the 66. You wear number 66. He's a big Mario Lemieux fan. Let's just get it out of the way, Dave. You want to know if he it's a it's an homage to Mario Lemieux. I have a feeling it's not. <laughs> no, I, it, it's oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say preemptively that I don't care for it. I, I, you know, you're a lovely man, but I mean, you know, 66 should be retired across all sports, but you know what? <laughs> you wear it. I'm going to allow it here. You're, you're in your big moment. here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just give me a couple more years and then, you know, it'll be, you know, then you can retire. <laughs> what do you think though? Now that Tampa St. Pete, that's one of those weird towns. Why don't they just make it one city? I don't get that. What, what the motivation is for that, but either way, is the Tampa St. Pete area now between you and the Lightning, you know, obviously now the new place to be for champions. But do you suppose, you know, you hear J.J. Watt um, is now out there and immediately people start to tell, well, if he wants to win a ring, the place to be is Tampa. Do you sense that because of Tom and now Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, do you think we've suddenly reached this new place where the players level is going to be able to, make those kind of things happen. I mean, that's basically what just went down with you guys. It was Tom came and there's like, Oh, Gronk's going to come now. And now Antonio Brown and so on and so forth. Do you think that this trained uh, Tampa keeps on rolling now with, with the ability to recruit other big names? I think so. I think uh, as a professional football player, you, you want to win and you see a team like us who we have, you know, kind of an all-star roster, you know, it, it's definitely tempting for guys to want to come in and, and play for us. And, you know, we want to, you know, we want to, we want to double down and then go, go for two, uh, you know, right off the bat. So 
you know, guys like JJ Watt or, you know, who are free agents and, and they want to come play and, and play on championship caliber teams. Yeah. I think that's, that's something that uh, is really, you know, uh, attractive to these guys. I want to get back to Ryan uh, kicking everyone's ass. So, so mm. now the streaker runs on the field, right? You are not, the offensive unit is not on the field at the time. Uh, defensive, uh, you, 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 defense, the uh, Chiefs had the ball. What are you thinking? Because this could have been the highlight of the Super Bowl. Was there any thought of you taking him out? Maybe go out there, <laughs> roundhouse kick, take the streaker out. That would be the highlight of the whole game, right? Forget about any plays that had any, any bearing on the final score. Did that go through your head? You know, I, I didn't see it until about the about the end um, when he got about to the, the plus twenty five yard line. And I'm like, look, I'm like, how is there nobody chasing this guy down yet? And then when he went to slide and and that that police officer, you know, drilled him in the head. I was like, oh, that's awesome. You know, that was a, a, a great highlight <laughs> tackle to, in that in that whole thing. But no, that that was crazy. Uh, uh, just to just to see that you don't you don't see that at a Super Bowl very often. Just because most people don't want to spend $10,000 to get arrested. Right. Um, but no, it was, uh, it was, it was cool to just to see it as a, uh, it was <laughs> guy, hilarious. Guy took his bear, took us out for all the world to see. That was quite a thing. <laughs> Nobody belted him. Hey, uh, so that was embarrassing for him. I really do wonder though, because you do see Tom Brady sometimes barking at his own teammates at certain points in the season, you know, father times undefeated and all that. Did you at any point, like specifically in soldier field, when Khalil Mack was laying on top of Brady, I swear his face just was defeated. Brady's was. It was just kind of like, what the hell am I doing out here? I'm too old for this kind of thing. Does t did Tom ever yell at you? Like, because he, as opposed <laughs> to most QBs, doesn't even try to run away anymore. It's like, oh, somebody's within 10 feet of me. I have to uh, abide by social distancing. I'm just going to lay down on the ground. <laughs> How bad do you feel, one? And two, does he get into you and be like, what the hell, man? Yeah, definitely. You know, talking about the Chicago game, you know, that was, that was a rough game all around for the, the entire offense. Um, but yeah, you know, there's that, that picture of, of Brady and he looks like he's screaming at me after we had a, we had a drive where there was like <laughs> nine penalties in one drive. It was just like the world's, it was just a complete mess up of the entire drive. And it looks like he's just screaming at me. And, you know, I just, I took that because most people were like, Oh, he's yelling at you. Cause I, I did get a personal foul on that, uh, on that drive, but uh, you know, he was just kind of yelling at all of us, hey, you know, we need to get, we need to get rolling. We can't, we can't be playing like this. And that's just like when Tom gets, when you see Tom yelling and stuff, it's, it's, it's all positive. It's not like he's, he's blaming anybody. It's all just a, that's, we gotta, we gotta go because what we're doing now isn't, isn't acceptable. So, uh, yeah, you know, when you see him getting fired up like that, it's, it's all out of, is it uh, like, is he your win. dad though? Is it like, you feel like you're getting yelled at by dad or whatever? No, his dad's dad? a second degree black belt. Isn't oh, it? you're yeah, right. You're right. right. Oh, by the, way, by the way, have you, has anyone in the locker room ever brought up the fact that on pro football reference, his nickname, Tom Brady's nickname is listed as the Pharaoh. Has this ever come up in the locker room that he's known as the Pharaoh? Where did this jive come from? Yeah, I, I've never, I've never actually heard that. So the I'm going to, I'm going to have to do some research on that. Ryan, let me ask you, uh, you know, Tom could get in your face. He could yell at you, but he could also make you laugh. He has an audible where he yells red panties. Um, <laughs> is, did, is that something you guys worked out ahead? I mean, obviously, if it's audible, everybody on the team has to be in sync with it. But does it does it make you giggle to a point where you almost false start? I mean, poor you. You have your hand on the ball. If you flinch even a little from the red panties um, uh, reference, uh, that's it. You're, you're minus five yards. 
Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know what that audible is. That was for you, what it sounds like on on TV. But I don't, I don't think we have a, a red panel. Oh, it's not anywhere. Really, it no, sounds like it. Yeah, it it, uh, it definitely sounds like it. I can see that on on TV. But yeah, it's definitely not a. Uh, it's not. It, he's not yelling <laughs> panties. That's for sure. What is he saying? Does that give anything up? If you tell me what he's saying, I, I'm honestly, I'm trying to think like what p word audible that we have that kind of sounds like that. I can't. <laughs> red Kangle as BA likes to wear periodically as a man. <laughs> right, of yeah. Red Faro. Like no, that. that's not it. That's not the same. <laughs> I don't know no, what no, it no. is. You know. It's, it's, it, <laughs> what what. Uh, Jensen, let's get into the matter at hand here. What was ingested on Wednesday? Are you philosophically a day drinker over a night drinker? Are you old enough? Because I feel like you reach a certain station of maturity in life where you realize staying out till all hours ain't the way. The way is to is to throw it on under the light of day. And then as night falls, your head hits the pillow. Yeah, I think I, I prefer I prefer day drinking now. Um, back in the, my college days, you know, staying out till three o'clock, four o'clock. I mean, I, the after party went. I don't know how long it went, but uh, yeah, I, I don't like I don't like going home when it's dark anymore because it hurts a lot more the next morning. <laughs> you know, I, I like I like being a day drinker. You, you know, you get you get your drinks in and all that, and then if you time it right, you usually fall asleep and you're you're somewhat sober. So uh, usually prevents the hangover from happening the next day. So I'm, I'd I'm much rather be a, a, a day drinker. Ryan Abby is a, bet. Ryan's a crown Royal spokesman as are we. So yeah, I just, you know what, just by mentioning it, I burned off a deliverable for you. So you don't have to do uh <laughs> you have to do one less spot. There you go. Deal. Um, <laughs> hey, coach Arian says you're going to run it back a second year. Any doubt in your mind? I know this is a dumb question, but do you feel the, the tools, the pieces are in place to do it a second time. I mean, what would, what would stop you guys at this point? I think, you know, we, we have the, you know, a couple of free agents and stuff that we, we got to get back that are, that are big parts of this team. And, you know, they, they want everybody back and that way we can, you know, we can double down and, mm-hmm. and, and go for another run. So, you know, I think with what we have as a team, you know, with, with Tom and, you know, our, how well our defense and how young our defense is for the most part, uh, I mean, I, I definitely think we have a, uh, a legitimate shot of uh, repeating. Nice. Well, um, two yeah. things for you. Well, one thing specifically for you. Are you one of these O-linemen who in the offseason, like you have to fight to keep the weight on? Or are you going to get real loose with the best food in Tampa and otherwise? <laughs> and you're going to have to like worry about like, don't pack on too much, Ryan, in the Super Bowl repeat effort. And two, as far as that goes. Maybe now that you're champions, you guys could all hold out and say, we're not taking the field unless we get to wear the uh, Buccaneer Bruce uniforms in 2020. Oh, here we but go. That, but I know offensive linemen don't like the all white. Yeah, the all white's just not good. I mean, we're, right. we're not designed to be wearing white jerseys. You know, it's almost <laughs> worse, you know, our Super Bowl jerseys that we wore. We, we wore the white with the pewter pants, and it's like the, that dark pewter really made our legs look really small, and then... Than the white jerseys, uh, you know, just amplified the power <laughs> gut. So you know, it's always it's always a, a O lineman's worst nightmare having having white jerseys. And you just throw all white on, and it's just like you look like the uh, marshmallow man. It's just it's just not it's not good. <laughs> Dave spends as many hours going over the pewter versus white versus red as you guys are in your playbooks. It's uh, and luckily I get to hear all about it all the time. <laughs> Uh, Ryan, well, thank thank you for joining us, man. This has been great, and I don't know what's next for you in the next couple of weeks. Is it knitting? Is it pottery? What you ju- do? You just calm down, or as Dave says, maybe you take in all the great restaurants. What's on the agenda for you? Yeah, getting ready, getting ready to head back to Colorado. That's uh, that's where we spend our off season. I'm gonna go just relax up in the mountains and and just chill, sit on the deck and 
and drink some coffee, maybe some Crown Royal. I don't know. Yeah. We'll figure it out. There you go. Ryan <laughs> Jensen, a Super Bowl champ and the biggest ass kicker in the league. And he challenges anyone out there as a 6'4", <laughs> 315 martial artist. Anyone who wants to take him up on the uh, on the offer, go, go get him. Right, Ryan? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I, I'll, I'll never back down from anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling it. All right, Ryan, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Congratulations. Say hi to the Pharaoh. <laughs> <laughs> will do will do appreciate you guys all right take care muzzle tub man <laughs> i'll see ya. he's great <laughs> thanks man he's gone that was great yeah he's awesome uh wow i mean look I, I, these poor guys they do all these interviews they seem exhausted the last one of the week probably is with us <laughs> and we're asking him about uh red panties or at least i am which ended up being big big swing and miss there for you uh joel solomon it's not red panties after all now i, I, I ended up looking like a jackass i just wanted you to clear that up for everyone and i i i, I appreciate it <laughs> what a jerk glad you appreciate it now that my my career is in jeopardy here my god um well you know we uh started talking about jj watt uh going I don't know where we want to jump in here. You know what? It's immediately, I thought, oh, he could be a cowboy. You know, when you just feel a player might come to your team. I have the feeling that everyone that was like, oh, you know, 900 times out of 1,000, I'm like, no, that guy will never be a cowboy. What are you talking about? But J.J. Watt, I'm like, oh, maybe. And then T.J., the brother, has this whole thing about him coming to the Steelers. Could it be? They'd have to pay him less. Um, but what do you think? Is that someone you want, Dave, for, as a Steeler? Sure. I mean, yeah, in a fantasy sense, it'd be great to have. I mean, a fun story and everything else to have all three, Derek and Jay. I always wonder how Derek felt. I'd like to talk to him about the fact that he's got JJ and TJ. For some reason, I don't know if it's if it's um, an insult to him that his parents didn't make him DJ. But either way, yeah. Um, no, the players' union's not going to smile on this. I mean, I don't. I, I even if. TJ and JJ and Derek and Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert all wanted to happen. I don't know how you get JJ Watt, who's been in the league for what, nine years now? Uh, yeah, 10. This will be his 10. Either way, he's owed a certain level of money, and the union doesn't say, like, yeah, just take the minimum. Just take the minimum. That's good for it's it's bad for the uh for the union so i doubt well that that uh, yeah but there's been some weirder things that have gone the, the bigger issue i think 32 years old um what let this week i think or last week he turned 32 right yeah 32 oh no march 22nd okay uh five sacks you know not not his greatest year so i don't know what you guys it was weird again to me that they just cut him um apparently they were doing right by him as i mentioned earlier uh, his best years are probably behind them, but I think it's fun. You team him up with his brothers. I mean, he's, you know, he's got a bum back or that's right. what he's chronically had uh, a couple of times. It's put him down. Um, that's not a great long-term injury to have to, mm -hmm. to work around, but let's say even that you buy that the defense stunk and therefore, um, other teams were able to focus on stopping JJ Watt primarily before they concerned themselves with other matters on the defense. And so if you make him a piece of the puzzle rather than the main, um, the main focal point, maybe he has some juice left. I don't know. I mean, I just don't think that Pittsburgh makes sense for him other than, uh, the fun of playing right. with his brothers. It, uh, that's not certainly what Pittsburgh needs to be spending its money on. Very strange. Five years. He's only made it 16 games twice, uh, 16. He had three 17. He had five and 18. He had six. 
16, uh, he played the full season. Um, and then in 19, he played half the season. Then he finished it out. He did play the whole season this year. I mean, if you had, Dave, I don't know what the odds would be on J.J. Watt and Gronk not missing a single game. My God, you would have had 50 to 1 odds, I think, on those two things happening. But it did. Yeah, true. Wow, good point. In fact, that thank you. It did happen. I want to talk about Brady a little more because no one's discussing this guy. But no. uh, very relatable during the team celebration, right? And even during the game itself, I was like, and I picked Tampa to win and I had the under and whatever, so I'm rooting for Tom Brady. But halfway through the game, I'm like, why the hell am I rooting for Tom Brady? And then you are rooting for him and he wins and he's smiling and you're celebrating along with him. And it might be just that he was able to um, distance himself from Belichick. Maybe that's what I didn't like about it. But anyway, I'm rooting for Tom Brady. Then in the parade and the celebration, he, he, he ties one on. You're rooting for him there. He's like, oh, he's a relatable guy now. Is it possible that everyone could start to love Tom Brady? Could it get to a point where that happens? It's almost like he's our sacrificial lamb that uh, that he's willing to. <clears throat> he doesn't eat lamb. To... It's not on the diet. Take a look. Well, as far as that goes, right? His austere lifestyle in exchange for winning Super Bowls um, is something that I don't think many of us would be willing to do. Mm. Um, we wouldn't take on avocado shakes in exchange for a Lombardi Trophy, or at least I'm speaking for myself. Um, yeah, I think that that's what it's about. Is that now we feel like mm. it's? I mean. Could this have been any cl a, a straighter line from where we started, Sal, when we started having this conversation in July and August mm -hmm. to now that however this broke, the rest of us non-Patriots fans were going to end up being the winners. And so here we are in the winner circle. Whoever wants to play for Bill Belichick now, it's no, all it's all been this suspended notion that. Well, this is, the, uh, again, austere, the entire team, that you have to abide by rules and you can't have a full personality in the building and just do your job and do what I tell you to do and be a robot and I'll turn you into a champion and all that. Like, now what, Belichick? Apparently, you don't have to do those things. Lane Johnson called it out. I'd rather win one title with the Eagles than five with with you know with with the patriots right. and all that and chris long who was on the patriots and then one with the eagles and the difference in um quality of celebration and all that i mean you know now uh, if you are it's all about like if you're julian edelman mm -hmm. or danny amendola and you don't have any current options besides the patriots then you do it because that's what you have to do to stay in the league but what high pedigree guy's going to be like, yeah, of all the places I could go, that's the one I want to be in. No, where, I where agree. I, I don't think people want to go. That's why the, the Sean Watson <clears throat> conversation is nonsensical. Right. But I think the, uh, the flip side of it is now Brady is so likable as a result. <clears throat> I don't even know what the comparison is, but is it possible for him to be the most likable player in the league after being part of the hated Patriots, I wonder if he just wins a suit. Now it helps if he wins a Super Bowl with another team. If he wins a Super Bowl with everyone's favorite team, now he only has 30 more to go. This isn't ridiculous. He's 43. So he would, if he played for a different team every year, he would be 73 by the time he got I see. the last. And see. That, unless they expanded by then, they probably would expand. Uh, that complicates things a little bit. But he's on his way to becoming, um, and it sounds ridiculous, the most popular, the most beloved player in the league. Yeah, it's funny because usually the guys, it's there's a weird math that happens of like 
the most loathsome characters for some reason then move on after they retire and then become lovable. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like John Madden is probably the best example. I mean, he, he was burning nails and like, uh, you know, us against the, he was the originator basically of us against the world and mm-hmm. everybody hated the Raiders and all that kind of stuff. And then he goes up into the booth and he's like, oh, he's a jolly, he's yeah. a jolly guy. He loves, he's the best. Tom Brady's doing this in his career. He was the villain. And now all of a sudden he's, uh, I agree. He's, He's crooked on a boat on a, in the middle of the week, throwing uh, shiny uh, objects around his pals. Yeah. What is so, so? Maybe the bottom line is there's hope for Donald uh, J. Trump. You know, he was hated by many, uh, half the nation. But now, you know, he could he could pull off. Uh, he could be the next uh, Michael J. Fox. Who knows if he plays his cards yeah. right? That's what Tom yeah, Brady let's did. Let's see what he has going for Act Two. Yeah, that was a uh, great sports celebration. I'm trying to think which um, sports celebration jumps out first in your mind as a uh, wow that looked like a lot of fun um th- this one goes to the top of the list probably because it's fresh in our minds but i feel like the hockey celebrations where it's it's not the number one sport but the hockey celebrations ovechkin was big i remember that rangers 94 parade uh, i hated every minute of it but it was gigantic it was it was the biggest uh gathering in new york um up until then uh you know locally the kings here i i happen to live by a lot of the LA Kings. They bring the trophy. The f- first stop is North End um, Bar right here in Manhattan Beach. Um, what what jumps out to you is the greatest celebration. I'm not saying on field. To me, it's Jesse Orozco throwing the glove in the air and the 86 Mets. But in the parade or some kind of uh, post, this wasn't a parade. It was in the it was in the lake or whatever. But what do you think? Well, I'll uh, I'll keep it local in my heart, my my uh, Pittsburgh, PA. Um, I will say that uh, Mario Lemieux and company, when they won the Stanley Cup for the first time, the cup was found um, at the break of dawn at the bottom of Lemieux's pool. So that must have been a fun party. I mean, he really preempt he got ahead of Brady. Who? Well, Brady almost got the Lombardi Trophy to the bottom of the sea. I wonder hmm. too. Is that where you got fun. your idea of uh, just being um, negligent when it comes to trophies? Like, hey, yeah, That's my right. hero married LMU threw it in the bottom of his pool. I'm going to one up and I'm going to lose ours. I Fans. did wonder if that <clears throat> Lombardi falls into the sea there. What mm-hmm. do they do then? Does somebody? I imagine somebody jumps from the other boat in after it. Yes, I think Gronk right. jumps in and we never see him again. Is that you think he goes down there and he becomes a sea creature who torments people who who pay a visit to the Tampa St. Pete area? Yeah. yeah, that could be. He's somewhere. He's he's uh, um, caught in between uh, heaven and hell. He just he's he's a, <laughs> a, a, a demon down there. Um, I would believe anything, Dave. I could I could see that. Out. And nothing would shock me at this point. Hey, Nick Foles <laughs> doesn't complete that. Uh, that Lombardi trophy pass for sure. That, that's well, definitely in the bottom of the I reservoir. I do remember a story way back when um, that uh, after one of the Steelers Super Bowls, Bradshaw was going through a toll booth and he went to throw his change into the bucket thing and he missed it. So that's, oh, nice. a, that's a pretty funny one. You should ask your friend TB about that next time you see him. Uh, the best one personally for me is um, after the Penguins won the Stanley Cup for the first time, several days or weeks or whatever, they give it to, like you say, not just to the players, but to the broadcasters. And one of the broadcasters, Paul Staggerwald, we were in our la- uh, our favorite drinking hole, uh, me and a, a few of my pals at closing time. And we were literally among, you know, six or eight people in the bar mm-hmm. at closing time. And uh, Paul Staggerwald comes in with the Stanley Cup. And a gigantic, uh, a Vita Vea-sized human being with white gloves and everything else and a, and a blazer 
with the Stanley Cup because, of mm. course, the Cup needs a a, a bodyguard. And uh, he brings it in there because that's where he used to like to get his drinks. And, uh, you know, we, 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 we talked. I said to, to Staggy, I said, uh, hey, you think we could uh, give a field of the Cup? We could hoist it? And he said, yeah, that's what it's all about, man. Mm. Go ahead if it's all right with the big guy. And he said, okay, next thing we knew, we were we were a half dozen people hoisting the cup mm. that bore Lemieux and Orr and Bellavo and all the rest's names. And then very said, exciting. Could we pour a little Iron City into that cup and take a sip from it? He said, if it's okay with the bodyguard. And he said it was okay. <clears throat> and we drank the most delicious drink that's <laughs> ever passed these lips. Iron City inside nice. the Stanley Cup. That was the best celebration. And then 10 minutes of. later, they asked, uh, Dave, where can we get that cup back? And they're like, well, I, well, I don't know where it is. So I to shame the devil. Who took it? Where is it's it? Funny because we did, we did take a moment because there were like two other people there. And when the other people were drinking, we were like, should one of us, because this is before the days of cell phones, we were really like, should somebody run and get a camera? Because no one's going to believe this. Right. And then we got into like, do we make a run for it? Because yeah. like, like we're not going to keep it forever, but just for the night. So we get some good pictures with it. Then we give it back. 66. Yeah. It's on your front door. Well, you should have gotten a camera because I don't believe it even for a second, but it's a nice story. Um, hey, oh, another nice story. Joel Solomon did some research for us and I don't want to pass this up because he did hours of research on this quarterback thing. Now, Dave, <clears throat> I don't even know who's arguing this, but Dave maintains that the best quarterbacks win Super Bowls. So uh, of course. All right. I'm uh, I'm on board with that. And Joel, what did you do here? You did research to further Dave's point. What is this? Well, Dave, Dave got has gotten in my head, and so uh, I spent entirely too much time looking into this when I should have been looking into Valentine's Day gifts. But I, I went all the way back to the 1999 season uh, between the Rams and Titans to look at all the quarterbacks that have played in Super Bowls and what season into their career they made it. Um, you know, Dave made an excellent point that it's always assumed they'll get back. Marino never made it back. And mm -hmm. you know, Pat Mahomes, we've seen make it two in the in his first four years. The best and, one is Russell Wilson. Now, that's the yeah. guy who now all of a sudden you have to look at that. It was after year three in his career that he'd been in two Super Bowls. One, one. Oh, well, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, maybe dynasty hasn't even been in a title game since then. Right. Well, broke it down and it, it does. uh add up Dave is right that that window is about five years uh mm -hmm. and if a quarterback doesn't make it within that first five years there's a chance they they don't make it at all uh, who are the you want to read them off or what ones that uh I don't know I'm, I'm trying to give you a, a time here for all the thing you did but I don't it? know why Sal you think this isn't a thing or you think it's an obvious point but everybody wants to argue about who wants how, to Eddie argue? Spaghetti who wants we on minus three yesterday Eddie yeah. Spaghetti attempted to mount that argument that it's not about necessarily have uh, you know uh over leveraging um the rest of the roster in the name of getting one of these superstar QBs, but that is everything. But the other hand is, as Joe will get into now, is that it's not a coincidence that year four, five, right around that place is when you want to cash in because then the QB signs his second contract and then is making $40 million. And then you do not have a deep roster and that QB better cover up all the warts on that roster. And as it happens, there are about three or five human beings who are capable of doing 
what I just. But did. aren't isn't that for any sport? Year three, four, five is their best year. Anybody's best year? Hockey, baseball, regardless, st- regardless statistically, yeah. Contracts come up. Yeah, All right, yeah. So, contracts, so Joel, you injuries. did that for nothing. Yeah. yeah. Well, contracts, injuries, and I think defenses figuring out quarterbacks definitely goes into it. But it, when you second season. Russell Wilson, Kaepernick, Roethlisberger, Brady, Kurt Warner, and you know you could say Carson Wentz's team went went. So right. by fourth season, uh, third season, Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Jake Delhomme. Fourth season, Mahomes, Jared Goff, Eli Manning, Rex Grossman, Brady, Kurt, Kurt Warner. By the fifth season, uh, Cam Newton, Flacco, Roethlisberger, Brady, McNair, and. Uh, the sixth season, you can add Garoppolo, Aaron Rodgers, and McNabb. And after that, I mean, it, it really does drop off. Uh, there's some guys that made it later in their career, Eli Manning, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees. But uh, later later in their careers, it's, it's guys that have gone to different teams. So when you look back at the drafts, these guys, maybe Dak, Dak, Dak Prescott, maybe the window right. has passed. <clears throat> so. You know, I, I don't want to break the news to you on this podcast. No, it's all right. I don't want to break the news it. to you. I think you wasted your time. I think you wasted a couple hours. I think we knew we all knew that the quarterback. No, we didn't. And you act. You get you, this, if this is the posture Sal wants to take, Joel. I don't want you getting down on yourself there, baby face. Sal's trying to be cool, <laughs> but this is the fascinating conundrum for pro football teams. One, from a <laughs> marketing standpoint, you need a fa- it's a quarterback league, so if you don't have a superstar QB, you're behind the eight ball in terms of jersey sales and everything else, but that's a small matter, but yes, that's exactly right. As I've said forever, the sweet spot is one of those superstar QBs while he's still on his rookie deal. That's how you win Super Bowls, and Tom Brady, that's why it is remarkable. Even remember like 8, 9, 10 years ago, when Peyton and Brady were having their battles on one side, they were making whatever the equivalent of $40 million was uh, in the uh, salary cap Mm. structure for them. They were carrying teams that were fraudulent rosters overall, whereas in the NFC, you had Kaepernick and Russell Wilson battling it out, but they had deep rosters because they they had QBs on their rookie deals. Now, though, what this explains is you're kind of like it's a catch-22. Either you get... You have a pedestrian QB or you pay, you break the bank to have one of these superstars. But I think the answer is, though, Joe, is that if you want to be a perennial contender, Aaron Rodgers has been in five title games. We can lament that he has only won one Lombardi. But what it says is that if you pay one of these guys, at least you're in the playoff mix most years. And that's what you get out of paying one of these guys $40 million. But they're just, you know, there's six or seven of them. It pays to have a good quarterback. I agree. I'm going to agree. Dave froze up here, I think. Did he, lo- did he leave us? Hey, we lost Dave for a second, so now's a good time to show our love for FanDuel. And what's cool about the FanDuel Sportsbook app? I-, I-, I can't believe you're asking at this point, but you get to combine props with other bets from same game to score an even bigger payout. It's called the same game parlay bet. You can only find them. On FanDuel, player, point total, rebounds, assist. You take money line, the over-under, the point spread. Right now, new and existing users can get up to $25 back each day if your parlay falls one leg short with same-game parlay insurance. Oh, my God. Harry would go nuts for this. He is going nuts for this. No one has gone four to five right on more parlays in their lifetime than Harry. And now there's something called same-game parlay insurance offered by FanDuel. You heard that right. 
every day. Easy to use, easy to register, easy to deposit, easy to find your bet. You can go live betting, easy to place your bet fast during your game if you see a trend you like. Odds, boosts, special every day and some big super boosts each weekend around the bigger local and national matchups. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Try a same game parlay and use promo code extra points at sign up. That is FanDuel.com slash extra points. All right. I think we have Dave back here. All right, Dave, you cut out for a second where we left off. You had you had gone seven minutes straight with um, your idea. I about know. Okay. See, that's don't you know enough, Sal? Don't with a vain guy like me. Yes. Don't act Engage. like what's the point of any of this and condescend about it because then that just makes me well, double. Well, here's my down. point. Here's what I want to say about this. And I think everyone could agree on this. And I, this is not scientific, but it involves your favorite number, seven. And I'm going to say 7% of Super Bowl winning quarterbacks are not great. And 7% of those who don't win or make it are great. Is that a fair number? There's been 55 Super Bowls. 7% would put you at four quarterbacks, four or five quarterbacks that are not great. There are four or five. There's there's a bunch that are great. That didn't uh, Tony Romo, Dan Marino, the list goes on and on. Dan Fouts that didn't win the Super Bowl. Can we agree? All on right. That? Thank Good you. point. And yes. the streaker, I was like, the streaker might be the breakout. That was... and, that, and I don't know how it didn't occur to me until now. It's Tony Romo. Well, um, of course, you can't blanket statement. You, oh, every quarterback that wins is great. Every quarterback that doesn't win isn't great. If there are 32 teams, 7% is uh, real, real quick. Okay, so that's three quarterbacks in the league right now who are great. Oh, well, they have not right, won or made it to the, the Super Bowl. The I think that's fair, right? Good. I, I, I think that you're on to something except for the part that I say the difference is you may not win Super Bowls. As, I, as I've as i said ad nauseum, John Elway's greatest deeds are not those two Lombardis he gets thanks to Terrell Davis in the twilight of his career. It's the Super Bowls that he got the Broncos to in the 80s. Those rosters were mediocre to poor. Sammy Winder was the feature back of those Broncos teams. Fat Sammy Winder. Sammy Winder. The receivers were Vance Johnson and Steve Watson. For a couple of those Super Bowl runs, that's They're, fine for a for a football junkie like you to remember that, and that's great. But John Elway saying, those is not, are, he's those not are listed, young, but they were always in the mix because of Elway, not because of depth of roster or otherwise. And that's what I'm getting at. Yes, like Aaron Rodgers is a great one because he's he's a great one to hold up and say, "Man, he's only won one Lombardi." And Dave, you think QB wins in the postseason matter? Yeah, my pushback is he has gotten that Packers team five times to the title right. game. Yeah. And once you I, get to that place, then I can buy into like 60 minutes of football and the backup tight end drops the uh, drops the um, onside kick and now all of a sudden you don't go to the Super Bowl as a result. Those things happen. Tony Romo is in a big spot and he drops the one snap, but that team maybe goes deeper. And if uh, Eli doesn't respond against the Cowboys defense in what was that? 20. Uh, that was the uh, 2007 uh, Cowboys team. Yeah. Whatever that was. It, it, when he, if he doesn't put that drive together right before the half, maybe Romo goes to a Super Bowl and we regard him differently. Yes. Those, the nuance of what happens within 60 minutes, a play here or a play or six there over the course of a career. But the point All is right. the, the, the recurrence of getting your team, no matter thick and thin with the roster and salary mm -hmm. cap and everything else, are you in the mix more often than not 
Only the great QBs get their teams to do that. So that's, that's my difference. 7% thing. And ironically, Dave spoke for seven minutes. I briefly touched on my 7% theory, and then he spoke for another seven minutes. So that's the theory right here. The 777, seven, 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 there you go. So that's a nice uh, that's a nice line on the uh, slot machines. And the look into, I, I want people to uh, try to go, hit us up at theextrapointsgang at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about these quarterbacks. Is Dave making too much of this? Am I making too little of it? The extra points gang at gmail.com. Dave, your penguins beat my Islanders uh, in a shootout. Oh, my, uh, Mike, Mikey Meatballs, that was terrible. Lot, lots going on uh, there. Up with the Barzell with a nice goal, have a lead with three minutes left. What did they score with 19 seconds left? They, they pulled a goal? Yeah, 18 That's seconds right. left. Me Sunday. and Parley Kid said the same thing. You knew they were not winning that game once they didn't hit that empty net. Right. Now, the empty like net was, was interesting. Was the happen. net's off its moorings, and uh, unfortunately, the way it goes is as soon as the uh, other team touches up, um, they, they have to blow the whistle. And unfortunately, it was going to be an easy empty net, but it was just off, barely off. So that happens. And then it goes to overtime, and there's a gratuitous line change that doesn't get called on the on the pens, and then they would, the Islanders do nothing in the shootout. But congratulations, you win. Although over the six days, I guess they split, right? Well, it was a beautiful goal uh, to, to, was a to nice give goal. your Isles the lead. You got to appreciate that, right? The thing that's the thing that's a, a really rough spot is that the skill on the ice is now so great that there's not enough room out there for the superstars until they go to overtime. And then when you see yeah. the more I, it's so, it, it is the most sad uh, among the most satisfying watches in sports right now but of course the nhl can't say let's just go to that forever now because right. then it corrupts every record all the history of the game so they're in a weird spot because there's no question that if you watch it that that's a more satisfying brandy overtime i just uh, don't know how they would do it i mean you, these guys get exhausted after 50 seconds like oh barzell's exhausted they, they got to get him off the ice so i don't know if that was a if that was the full 60 minutes it would change everything. It would change every approach to how you play it. But it's not going to happen anyway, so it doesn't matter. No, right? they're not going to, yeah. to change it. But, uh, yeah, listen, for in the in the here and now with the skies falling, uh, people in Pittsburgh, it was nice to see uh, Gino Malkin, mid-30s guy who everybody in town is begging for the Penguins to trade, um, scores that big goal. To, there you, know, you go. People are, 56 games. I know you don't. I, I don't know if you turned the corner yet. Are you in on this NHL season? There's already buzz that at minimum they got to go with the Canadian division forever. And I love it. They should just keep all those Canadian teams you like playing that? each other forever. Oh, it's uh, so it seems xenophobic. Uh, but if you if you say so, I don't know. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I need to see some Miles Kings in, in there. So that when they come here, we could watch them. Uh, theoretically, if I could True. actually watch that. But that that's not happening either. But uh, yeah, let's talk in a few weeks. And I'm serious when I say let's talk in a few weeks because I'm taking next week off. I am officially sick of my own voice and Dave's and babyface Joel Solomon's research. I've, I've had enough. I'll probably return the week after, but I'm, I'm off next week. No extra points. Dave, you will be doing minus three. We're going to team will you up be. with somebody. In the meantime, though, go back and listen to it. We wrap up uh, football season 2020 that doesn't mean that football talk is over with of course because the football season never ends but we bury our time capsule me and Jeff Schwartz and Eddie Spaghetti basically make our predictions of everything that's going to happen in the next 12 months of I love football it. 
And uh, so dig that up and uh, and take your shot at uh, seeing how you what, what you think is going to happen. We play a lot of games about like uh, how many more Super Bowls for Patrick Mahomes. What's your answer, Sal? Uh, well, okay. So I said like they put a they put a number on this. How many Super Bowl wins or appearances? Appearances. Three. Three that's more. Fair. Okay, Isn't that's that not fair? outrageous. What did you say? One. You well, have to Schwartz say one. Schwartz said two. I think Spaghetti said two. I think two's huh. about right. I, I I'd say that's about right. I wouldn't be surprised if it's one. You okay. Know? The I I think anything above that, I'll take. Like I say, I'll I'll play curmudgeon on this one. I'll 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 take the under on just about any bet people want to throw out. All right. that. And it's not an insult to Mahomes. It's the nature of the game. It's exactly what we've just talked about. He'll producer Jim, throw out the number one. So then Dave has to take the under and you, you could bet him. You'll make some money. Let's go around real quick. Jim, how many Super Bowls does uh, Mahomes make it to? I could see him making one more. One more. All right, Joel. I think that's right. If Deshaun Watson stays in the AFC anywhere in the AFC, and then you have Josh Allen in the AFC and Justin Herbert. I mean, like, what? How that you? There's yeah, only one it. team that gets to go to the Super Bowl. So is it the Chiefs just forever? No, I don't know. They look, a lot of those players were in the league this year, and he made it too. Babyface, what do you think? How many? I'm going. Th- I'm going three, and possibly four late in his career with the New York Jets. Oh, all right. Uh, uh, spaghetti. Look who's fun. It's the answer's two. He's going to get one in the next two to three seasons, and then like a decade from now, he'll have to figure out some kind of super team in a Brady to Tampa s sort of way. Mm. He'll get one like old man Mahomes gets back to a Super Bowl after like a decade apart. I like that. All right, meatballs. You're the last one. I'm going to say three or four. I don't think he slows down. Really? I think, All right. I think the talent's there. Meatballs uh, you know, I is think, high I end. think he can carry a team. There you go. All right, for sure. All right, well, listen, you guys could talk about this all next week because I don't give a damn. I'm off. Uh, Where are you going, Sal? I can't. St. Pete? I can't say because it's very irresponsible where I'm going. I'm going Um, I'm going to Australia. I'm living out my days there. They seem to have it figured out. No, uh, we, I don't know. I'm really just staying home, I think, for the week. But uh, we, we may have a, a little road trip uh later in the week, but uh, extra points will return on the 22nd. Um, Against all odds, we'll be hosted by Jerry Ferrara. He will be up there with the degenerate trifecta, and Dave will be back with minus three, and we're going to pair him up up with uh, someone sensational. We have a lot of nice options here, Dave, for you. I'm excited. (laughs) Ryan Jensen? Ryan Jensen would be great. Yeah. And then you get a bodyguard in there, too. My God. J.J. Watt? Who's beating that guy up? 6'4", 315, martial artist, for God's sakes. Thank you, Ryan Jensen, for coming on. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And a reminder out there to everyone who may feel like an underdog, remember, you're all my favorites. See you next week. 